Hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Ryan Clarkin Mindset Podcast. This is a very special episode because we are doing something that we have never done before. On this episode, we are having two guests, and these aren't just guests, they're also business partners, but they're not just business partners, they're also a couple, and they're not just a couple, they're known in the coaching space, in the personal development world, in the transformational communities as the healing couple. Who am I talking about? Dr. Corey and Jess, also known as the healing couple, are international breathwork facilitators and two amazing beings and friends who are making a massive difference through coaching and breathwork. In this episode, they share their inspiring and also really funny story of how they met one another. We dive deep into conscious communication exercises that not only they use in their relationship, but you can use in your current relationship or future relationship as well. And then we dive into the power of breath and why it's important to connect with your breath and learn different breathwork modalities so that you can use your breath to actualize your potential. It's super interesting. Then... Jess guides us through a live breathwork exercise that's really stress relieving and grounding, and I'm super excited for you to experience it and everything you're going to learn through this episode. So without further ado, let's dive in. Jess, I'm so excited to have you both on the show. Thank you so much for joining. And I, I want to dive in and hear a little bit about your story. So I know a little bit, I know, Corey, that you were a doctor in the past. Yes. And then Jessica, I appreciate like you were a yogi yoga instructor. So it's like doctor plus yogi yoga instructor and then the Healy couple is bored can you share with us how this magic happened how is how was this created yeah absolutely yeah, so let's yeah fill, fill in some of the blanks yeah we're, we're so excited <laughs> to be here so if you hear my voice for the first time i'm Corey. this is jessica you want to say your name <laughs> jess yeah <laughs> and so how we met um was actually through a mutual friend of mine that was her cousin and so years and years ago, I was in Scottsdale, Arizona, working my butt off, being a young doctor, building my practice up. And it got to the point where we needed to move into a bigger space. And at the time, her cousin, my friend, her name's Rachel, um, was like, hey, my uncle or my dad, which is her uncle, uh, he does construction. So the, the connection point between us is, is that, but it's not that easy. So I ended up working my butt off, like I said, you know, grinding six days a week. And um, at the time I went through a pretty, pretty rough breakup, like 10 year relationship, like was engaged, had a dog condominium, the whole thing. And it literally ended in like 24 hours. It was like really abrupt. And so I kind of picked myself up over a couple months and started getting back in the dating game. And I'll never forget this, which is literally uh, the, like the, the week of meeting Jessica, I went on like eight dates, like oh, wow. eight dates. Nice. And each date was subsequently worse than the next one. 
like the day right before you I was literally trying to like get out of it and the girl like wanted it's like let's exchange numbers and she was like chasing me out in the parking lot and I was like Jesus there ah. are guys who are listening right now as you're sharing this who are like okay Corey teach me your secrets <laughs> 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 well, I, what I can, what I can share with you is that, um, yeah, that all that happened. And then, um, our, my, my, my friend, her cousin, she told Jessica everything about me and she didn't tell me anything about Jessica. Mm. So it was a very one-sided blind date set up. And so her plan was right around Thanksgiving, like 2016, that she was going to tell Jessica everything we were going to all come to like a get together at a restaurant and then things were going to like happen and like spark off. <laughs> Meanwhile, she didn't realize that I was spiraling into this depression after eight dates. Okay. And I, I'm not even really much of a drinker. And I remember getting to the restaurant, like not, not super early, but I waited about 45 minutes for Jessica to show up because they were doing other things. And it was one of those moments where like, it's like the Hallmark movie, but you're not in the Hallmark movie, meaning like I'm sitting down and there's a couple to my right making out and having a great time and a couple to my left, like necking each other. And then there's Dr. Corey with his beer. And I just chugged, oh. chugged those beers one after another. And the funny thing is, is when Jessica came in, I remember when you came in through the back of the restaurant and sat down, but I didn't talk to her the entire time because I knew everybody else but her. And so we ended up going to a bar after the restaurant and we were sitting next to each other because quite a few of our friends had left. And so it was just like Rachel, like her cousin, my friend, me and her sitting next to each other. And I was tired because I was working six days a week. I was a doctor. And so I yawned like big yawn, like open mouth. And she has this thing with her friends, apparently, where if someone yawns, you got to stick your hand in their mouth. So here I am. <laughs> with Jessica's hand in my mouth, looking at her going like, what, what am I supposed to do here? <laughs> and here I am mortified and embarrassed that I just pulled this inside joke with my friends on this complete stranger and a pretty cute guy right next to me. Yeah. Uh, thinking, you know, what have I done? But then that apparently sparked some interest. He was like, wait a minute, you definitely caught my attention. And, and who is this woman, you know? 100%. So later that night, we all go home he asks my cousin for my number and then we started connecting. I asked him out to lunch the next day because I was heading back to San Diego. So while Corey was had a you know bustling medical practice in Scottsdale, I was a yogi hanging out in San Diego. I had just moved there. I was living the dream. This is what I've always wanted. <laughs> she was living the dream. Um, and and uh, I was heading back. I was driving back home. And so I was like, well, I, I'd love to see you before I leave. And so we went out to lunch and essentially that conversation, it was, it felt like we were like in this vortex together. Mm -hmm. Like we really just dropped in and it was the first time that we, that we connected. And there was a moment where the manager of the restaurant walked up to us and was like, hey, I hate to interrupt because I can tell you're deep in conversation, but we are closed and actually we've been closed for the last hour. And we mm -hmm. looked around us and all the, the chairs were turned up on all the tables. They were mopping the floors. And like, this was the, I mean, like, okay, we can't wait any longer. We've got to kick you out. <laughs> so um, it was just uh, three hours of just being really deep in conversation and really listening to each other's 
stories and experiences and each other's dreams and visions. Uh, and we both knew there was something, something to this. Yeah. Uh, but I went, you know, I went back to San Diego, we stayed connected. And during that time, we, then we ended up doing long distance. So we, uh, and I don't know if you want to tell the story about the ribbon. Yeah. Ribbon yeah. So like how, we, how did we become the healing couple? <laughs> so that's a funny story too, which is she was living the life out in San Diego. I had never been to San Diego or the West coast my entire life. I've been in like Africa, Asia, like all these other places, but I'd never been to California, Southern California. And so we were doing long distance and I'll never forget when I went out there the first time she had this little beach bungalow, like tiny one bedroom, but it was right on the beach. And I was like, oh, this is living. And then had to go back to hot, arid, like everything wants to kill you, Phoenix, and like <laughs> trying to build up this practice. And so the big event really for me was I had built building up this practice. It was like, you know six docs, 10 to 12 employees. It was a big bustling thing. And we ended up doing a grand opening and I didn't expect much, but 200 and something people showed up. Jessica even showed up. Wow. Like there were TV crews. The mayor showed up last minute. I was like, okay, I don't know you, but now <laughs> you have this huge golden scissors, like in the movies and you're cutting this red ribbon. And I kid you not, Ryan, like time stopped. And I don't know for anybody who's listening right now, like if you ever had that moment where like time starts to slow down and as the mayor is cutting this ribbon in front of the TVs and I got my white coat and I'm supposed to be smiling, I have this impending sensation of doom and dread that I am living someone else's life. It was heavy. It was super heavy. And it all came crashing down on me in this very public moment. And I decided if this isn't my life, I need to figure out what is. Hmm. And the only like tool I guess I had in my tool bag at the time was like, clearly I've made decisions leading up to this point based upon, you know, other people's expectations or other people's dreams and desires. I need to figure out what mine is. So I'm going to start doing the opposite. So funny enough, after the party, we were actually in an Airbnb. We go back to the Airbnb and we get into a fight. Like it's, it's like, it's feeling like it's going to be over. And I have no idea really why. And I just decided to look at her and go, you know what? You're the love of my life. I want, I want to actually be like committed to you. I want to be in a relationship. And you should have seen the look on her face because like, she was like, her eyes probably cross. <laughs> you're asking me to be your girlfriend in yeah. this moment. Yeah, I did. I did. I just ch chose to do the opposite. And that last like, well, I mean, we see how it worked out, but in the yeah. moment, yeah, how, yeah, like, yeah, how yeah, did yeah. it like, what was, what was your response to that, Jess? I, I was confused. I, I couldn't believe it because for me, I knew that I was contributing to that, whatever, mm -hmm. honestly, whatever that argument was. We don't even remember. But I know that there, my self-sabotaging patterns were coming up. Mm -hmm. And at that point, usually men in the past would have been like, okay, screw this, I'm out. And then I'd be like, oh, everyone leaves me within a month or two months of being with me. And he was like, I wanna to commit to you in this moment. Mm -hmm. So that was a huge pattern interrupt for me, for my, my conscious and subconscious mind and for my nervous system. And after that, we, you know, we cleared up the, whatever the conflict was and we, <laughs> we dropped in into a moment of connection that I'd never experienced before. 
And there was a really intimate moment that we had that I don't think we've ever shared with any no. you know, other people, but he was like, you look different in this moment. I became so clear. Like it felt like a veil had been lifted. And then I felt like he actually saw me for who I was, not for the sabotage and for the things that my ego was trying to do, but he saw me for who I really was and what I really wanted, which was love. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I want you to look in the mirror right now. And so we had this, there was this really big, big mirror in the Airbnb and he walked, you know, we walked up to it and you, you were standing right behind me and I was looking at myself and I was looking at him and looking at myself and I was like, there I am, mm-hmm. there I am. And there I am with you that I really believe in that moment. I realized that I can actually be all of me with another human being. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. And Corey, that's really interesting that in that moment you chose her and just, I feel like it was, I mean, that's such an interesting experience. And on some level, it also must've had an effect on you around that this man will be here for me, even through the tough times. Mm-hmm. And Corey, that's quite different and it's quite conscious mm-hmm. and that doesn't happen often. Mm-hmm. And so I would love to ask what, what have been your inspirations and like around conscious relationships, because it takes a man who it's interesting because it seemed like around that time, you were going through a tough time. You were out of alignment in some ways in your life, but you also were embodying a very conscious masculine in relationships, whether you were conscious of it or not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How did you become that, that type of man? If you could summarize it, like what were the key influences that led to you? Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, like in the moment, um, I was choosing her based upon the future self that I saw within her, Mm -hmm. that self that I saw in the mirror and the influences, what it really goes to. And this is something that I haven't shared before, which is I've had some very potent masculine influences in my life. Mm -hmm. And I've taken the best parts of them and incorporated it into my being. So for instance, um, the fiance that I had referred to, the ex-fiance that left, her father was actually a, like the third highest ranked police officer in Minneapolis. And he was actually one of the people in charge when everything was burning in Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. And so I got to see a human being go through so many difficult conversations, challenge, like life and death kind of conversations and saw him make conscious choices through that emotion and not let the emotion ride the day. Mm -hmm. And I think for men, especially um, anger, frustration um, are go-tos in our tool belts of emotions Mm -hmm. and they have powerful attributes. Absolutely. But very often, especially in the presence of feminine energy, they can have a destructive quality. And so what I learned from, from, from that police officer is no matter what emotion is riding during the day, you have a conscious choice. And sometimes that conscious choice can make the difference that changes your life. Mm -hmm. And when I made that choice, like I've made 
the 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 unconscious emotional choice in relationships like that many 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 times so another reason why i decided to choose the opposite just because is because i'm like well i feel like breaking up with her and i'm justified i feel like i'm justified in making that decision because she's throwing this hissy fit and this was my day and like this was my ribbon cutting ceremony irregardless of the fact that I feel like I, this is someone else's life, right? I didn't tell her that <laughs> yet, um, but I really, really chose that because I I knew what the result was based upon all my previous decisions. So I'm like, why the hell not choose the opposite? I love that, Corey. I feel like I feel like there's so much power to choosing the opposite. Like I feel like you've just presenced a tool that everybody can use. Yes. In, in terms of like, no matter what you're experiencing in your life, if you're going, if you're triggered, if you're upset, if you're frustrated, if you're angry, like what is the opposite of that experience? And can you choose that? And will that propel you forward in the direction of your vision and your dreams? Most likely. Yeah. Most likely. Yeah. Most likely. That's yeah. so beautiful. Choose the opposite. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I want to dive even deeper into your current relationship and how you navigate that as entrepreneurs and, and you work together, like you literally support people in their healing together. Like you inspire communities together, you, you're a community creator. So what has been the biggest challenge in that journey of creating impact together mm. as a couple? That's a very specific question. Ooh, yes. yes. And I'm glad that you asked this because there are challenges. And I think that we get to speak to that as entrepreneurs, that it's not always a glamorous, glamorous ride. And, and then on top of that, then being a couple that, you know, that are entrepreneurs and doing this together. And, and we made that conscious choice to, to do it together. You know, like Corey was a doctor and then I, I was doing my own, you know, yoga teaching. I had a coaching business working with women. Like we were entrepreneurs in our own right. And then we decided, okay, like we're going to become a couple and do this and, you know, do breathwork teacher training together, become breathwork facilitators, you know, create the, the healing couples. It was other names before, before that, <laughs> but we decided that there's some magic here that we both have, yeah. you know, we had so many healing modalities and tools and experience. Why not merge them together? And honestly, at first it was like, let's just do this for fun. Let's host a law of attraction and breathwork workshop. That was the very first Ooh, collaboration that we like, ever did. I know, right? And there was so much passion behind it. We just, we just wanted to help other people heal from the inside out. Let's share what, you know, what we know, share what's changed our lives. And we sold out that first workshop. I think there's 25 or 30 people that, that showed up and it was an incredible evening. And afterwards people were like, oh my gosh, th th this changed my life. Like, oh my gosh, like I need to tell my sister about this. I need to tell my best friend. When's the next one? When are you doing this? Like, where can I find more information? And we were just like, oh, we were just doing this just for fun, just because we, you know, just because we wanted to. And, and it naturally just evolved into a business. And now here we are about four years down, down the road and looking back like, wow, like I can't believe that we're here right now. And have had, you know, the, the privilege to say that, you know, we've 
we worked with thousands of people all over the globe that like we went from sleeping in our car at certain points in this journey because we couldn't pay rent to now being multiple six figure onto seven figure, you know, business owners. Like, I can't believe that those words are coming out of my mouth. And Mm -hmm. at the same time, yeah, there's been challenges. And I think one of the biggest ones is this merging of, you know, our romantic relationship Mm -hmm. and then business partnership Mm -hmm. where there are times when those clash, Mm -hmm. where there are times where there is something that's going on in our intimate relationship. And then we have to show up for a big event or we're speaking or we're doing a podcast like we are doing right now. And how can we hold both? How can we hold the dynamics of that? And there's been some bumps, bumps with it. And when those, those moments happen where we're about to get on stage and we just went through a fight, we have to talk about conscious choice. We have to choose, like we have to come back to why did we even do this in the first place? Why are we even here right now? Why did we choose to come together? Why did we, why did we say yes to, to doing this crazy work? <laughs> And what's our vision? And every time we come back to the why and when we're able to put aside, not as a way to sweep it under the rug, but what's, what's going to be, how can we serve of, you know, and be of the highest good right now? Mm-hmm. And it's not about our, you know, our qualms right now, but it's about the people that are in front of us and the lives that we're about to change. I love that. You're so in relationship with what's at stake. Yes. And it's, it really is about the people. And I'm sure when those moments happen and, you know, maybe there's an argument or a fight or things get intense or, you know, one of you triggers one another, it's like, it happens in relationship. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't, then someone's not being honest. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, and so like, you know, you, you, you go on stage or you, 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 you jump on the podcast and then after what has worked for you when it comes to resolving, because I see an epidemic of partners sweeping things under the rug, partners avoiding the hard conversations and resentments growing. And I believe that, you know, one of the biggest reasons why relationships don't work out is because of resentments that aren't given the space to be communicated. Mm -hmm. So what has worked for you two in your relationship when it comes to clearing up the natural resentments that occur or the misunderstandings so that you can get on the same page and continue to be in alignment with your vision. What could you share with people who? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. I have some thoughts on this and, mm-hmm. and I want to tie this back into a, like a quick exercise that has been really Great. potent, but I think um, I want to speak as a doctor now. So I'm putting my doctor hat on, which Dr. is, Corey. I believe that as a society, and talking about couples and arguments, I truly believe that we talk too much. Mm. I think there is a plethora of over-communication and that easily feeds into these ravines and these ravines turn into narratives and these narratives get hardwired into our nervous system and our brain. And so if you find yourself constantly having the same arguments over and over and over again, and me and Jessica have gone through this, I think the best thing for you to do is to tap into your body. And so what we do, 
after let's say let's say we have a big blowout and then we got to show up for a podcast right ryan's podcast and then afterwards we're gonna shut shut the computer off look at each other and ask each other what 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 do you need jessica what do you need Corey, what do you need okay what's once once that that basis has been set a really awesome thing if you are open to it is literally looking into your partner's eyes not speaking because the words have always gotten me in trouble and syncing up to each other's breath. Mm. This is called entrainment. And there's something in our brains called mirror neurons. And from a very young age, from zero to five, you learn about 90% of what you know on planet earth. And that occurs because of how our brain processes that information. And so we want to be in sync. So if you find you're in a relationship right now and you're arguing all the time, it's like, naturally human bodies want to be in sync with their partner mm -hmm. so even if you don't feel like it if you can start breathing in a similar pattern that will open up safety that will open up connection that you never had it before and you will start the conversation from a completely new space because you started with what do you need what do you need breath okay now we can talk mm. Let me ask you something. Yes. So you ask them what they need and then you connect with the breath. Yes. What, you know, I can hear people saying, well, when I'm angry at my partner, yeah, yeah. I don't want to look at them. Uh -huh. And I know you mentioned I like not feeling, but I, I want to invite you to go deeper sure. into this because it's really yeah. important yeah. is, you know, I just want to yell. I don't want to look at them. I want to run in the other direction. I want to get out of the house. I want to get in another room. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What can somebody do with themselves to bring them to that point where they can? Yeah. And this is something that me and Jessica, and, and of course there's, I'm, I'm saying this like blanket statements. So there's many different scenarios. So I'm glad you brought this up. So if that's the case, if you feel like you want to run, hide, scream, then it's really, really critical to maintain like the sanctity of the relationship and the safety of like the partnership to be like, Hey, you don't have to tell them all the details, but like, Hey, I need five minutes. I need 15 minutes. I need an hour. I need 24 hours. I'm going to go off. And this is the most important part. I'm coming back under X circumstance, right? Yeah. So letting your partner know, Hey, this is what I need, right? That's, that's where we started. This is what I need. This is what you need. Okay. Hey, Jessica, I'm so pissed. I can't even look at you right now. I need 24 hours. I'm going to go get an Airbnb and I'm committed to coming back and 24 hours and having this conversation. So mm. that's, that's where I would add that, that layer of nuance into, into what I talked about. I love that. Yeah. That's such a gift. And I think that that's so important to let them know I'm coming back because, yeah. because if you don't, then your partner is suffering, especially if they have an anxious attachment style. I mean, that is hell for somebody with an anxious attachment. style. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and did you want to go deeper into that? And was there an exercise? Yeah. So the other, the other layer, if, if you feel like, you know, your audience is like, okay, this is interesting. We want to take this on. Like another layer to it is to communicate using obviously I statements, but to also use this phraseology, which is as you're looking into your partner eyes and you're ready to start communicating, you can start with this sentence, which is, um, I feel blank, this thing about you, but it's really about me. Mm. and to mirror that back, back and forth. So I would say, hey, Jessica, I'm really feeling upset about you not communicating to me, but that's, 
that's really about me. And then she would mirror that. Then, then she would go, then I would go, then she would go. And so it's saying something that you're feeling inside that's true for you, but it's really about you. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Mm -hmm. Jess, do you have anything to add in, in this context of things that have worked when it comes to resolving conflicts in relationships? Absolutely. To, to just piggyback off of what was just shared around what you're feeling. Often we are feeling certain emotions because we either have a met, like we have our needs fulfilled or our expectations fulfilled. So we feel joy, we feel peace, we feel connection, or we're feeling sadness, we're feeling upset, we're feeling anger, most likely because there's a need or expectation that is unmet. Mm-hmm. And then then to get even down further is sometimes they're met or unmet. Usually it's unmet because either we have, you know, most likely we probably haven't even communicated that expectation <laughs> or need. Or not effectively. Or, or, we, or not effectively, yeah. or we need to repeat it. And so alongside the, the feelings, we get to speak to here is here are my needs, here are my expectations. And I, especially if they haven't, if you've never even expressed those expectations, you're just like, oh, my partner should know. They should know that, you know, they, you know, X, Y, Z, where we, we put this pressure on our partners, we get to take ownership of that, you know, mm. take ownership of like, hey, you know what, I had this expectation of you or I needed this, but you know what, I realized that how that wasn't fair to you because I never even let you know, but I want to let you know right now. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the key here is really responsibility. We, we tend to lead conflict resolution with responsibility. Rather than immediately pointing the finger, start with yourself, start with your own feelings. How, how am I feeling? I'm taking responsibility. I feel. Yes. And taking responsibility, not only for your own feelings and emotions, but also for your own actions. And when we can lead with that, it opens up the other person to then most likely take responsibility as well to feel like they, but if we come at it with like you, this, you, that, and you didn't do this and you didn't do that. And we have no, we don't have any responsibility or ownership of ourselves they're going to be on the defense. So I find that taking responsibility really um, creates an open, open invitation and an open space for a deeper conversation. I agree. I think that's super important. So I'm going to let Bugga in because he's whining and I want to flow into the power of breath. So So he decided to whine and leave. He didn't take responsibility. He's being avoidant right now. Yeah. He has some some expectations and needs that are not being met right now. Yeah. And as you can see, it's a pajama kind of day. So, um, (laughs) um, so this beautifully ties into the power of breath because something that I, I know about breath work is that it's one of the most beautiful tools you can use to open your heart. And I really would love to dive into where does breath work tie into opening your heart in relationship and then also as a leader in your life? Mm. Yeah. 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 So with the heart, and this is me putting my doctor cap on again, is that like our heart is not just a pump that pumps blood throughout our body. That is one one of its roles. Our heart was actually our first brain. It was literally turned on before the brain that is in between your ears. And so there is a very conscious connected nervous system that's related to our heart. 
And the beautiful thing about the lungs is that the lungs physically encase the heart mm. on the right and the left side. So every time that you breathe in, you're expanding, filling your lungs full of air. You're also gently contracting and compressing the heart. The opposite is true when you exhale, you're letting all the air out of your lungs, they're deflating, and then the heart is allowed to expand again. And so that relationship between contracting and expanding the lungs and contracting, and expanding the heart is called heart coherence. And the more coherent or AKA entrained, right? Here's that entrainment word again, your heart is to your body and your mind, the more connected you are, not only in relationship, but in life. So the easiest way of really putting it is how you breathe is how you live and how you live is how you breathe. They're one in the same. So if you can tap into your breath and consciously choose how you want to breathe in particular situations, it will literally send signals to your heart that will then change the rest of your ecosystem. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And how does this all tie into the central nerve system? Because I know that that's been a big conversation in the industry lately. Yeah. So how this ties into the nervous system is that there's this wonderful nerve called the vagus nerve. Um, it's not like Las Vegas. Like I can talk <laughs> it's the opposite, right? Yeah. It's yeah. the opposite. Total yeah. Opposite. It's the total opposite of Vegas, but it's the vagus nerve. It's spelled a little different and it is connected to deep parts of your brain. It's actually connected to deep organ systems within your throat goes right through your heart, your lungs, and into your diaphragm. Mm. And your diaphragm is this beautiful muscle that you have control over, right? You can take a deep breath in. And also, we've been breathing unconsciously this entire podcast. Mm -hmm. So it has your diaphragm has direct access to your voluntary or your conscious control of your nervous system, and also your unconscious or involuntary part of your nervous system which is access is where your emotions are, your fears, your triggers, all the stuff that you want to change about your life. So if you can tap into your diaphragm and expand your lungs and shift your heart, you can shift your entire state. Wow. And what is life like having mastery around breath versus mm -hmm not having any breath practice or breath work practice yeah. at all. Yeah. The biggest thing is simply awareness. It's, it brings awareness to your actions, to your emotions. For many of us, we don't allow ourselves to feel the fullness of our emotions. It's easier to run away. It's easier to push it under the rug. And it allows you to really feel the completeness of your emotions and the depth of them so that you can actually move through them. Because mm. even if we're trying to ignore it, we're not like, they're going to pop up again because whatever you resist persists. Mm -hmm. So when you can actually feel the fullness of your emotions, you because the only way out is through. So if you can feel through them, then you can continue to move forward, continue to move towards your vision, towards your, towards your dreams. And so that awareness is, is so key. And I'll, I'll never forget the moment where th this really turned on for me because of breath work. And this was back in about 2011, when I first started practicing breath work and mind you, I was a super skeptic. I was like, my friends were talking about it. It was like all the hype in my friend group. And, and what I saw within them is that they were, they were creating massive shifts in their own lives. Like they 
we were, we were in college at the time and most of us normally were like super stressed out and this and that, but like it, I just saw a big shift in them and they just seem so much happier and just so much more vital and, and alive. And, and so eventually I tried this whole breathwork thing out and I'll fast forward to after a breathwork retreat that I experienced. So it was like four or five days of like breathwork nonstop. And so I like, I dove in like head first and I came out of that retreat and I was on campus and this was like, you know, my, my home, like this is the campus I've been, you know, on for, for years. Like everything was like quote unquote routine. And I went to the same grocery store that I always go to every week to get my groceries. Like one of the most mundane things that we could probably do. Um, or usually it's like something that's pretty unconscious. So I'm going into the grocery store and the automatic doors are, you know, sliding open <laughs> and it like, it just hit me like that, that full clarity and awareness of like, it felt like when the doors open, it's like, oh, and everything looked clear, even though I've been going to that same grocery store for three years. And it became a completely different experience. I was walking down the aisles and like smiling at people and just looking at all the food and and it, going to the grocery store was like an adventure, a fun experience. <laughs> mm. And I was so aware of the people around me rather than just passing people by and looking at people and and noticing my own state of being. So the awareness, everything just turned, turned on and, 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 it, and it started because of breath work. And I continue to bring those moments into my everyday life, like mm -hmm. bringing the mundane, the, the ordinary moments to extraordinary, mm -hmm. washing the dishes, you know, sitting down and having a meal that everything now becomes an extraordinary experience because I am breathing and I'm reminded that I am here in this moment because our minds are often in the past or in the future. And the breath is the only thing that's in the here and now. Right. Would you, here and now. would you both be willing to, you know, take two to five minutes to create an experience like that for our listeners? Absolutely. We love that. I love it. So yeah, let's, let's, let's dive in and let's begin. Take a moment. If you can right now, depending on what you're doing, as you're listening to this, close your eyes. And even if you can't close your eyes, you can even find a soft gaze but this breath can be done pretty much anywhere and at any time. But by closing the eyes, it helps to deepen the experience to remove the sense of sight, which is one of our most powerful senses and allows us to, to go deeper within. So first just begin by becoming aware of how you're breathing right now. Again, that awareness is so key. So without trying to change the breath or force anything, just notice the natural rhythm and rate as it is right now. Notice if your breath is fast or slow, deep or shallow. Notice if you're mostly breathing into your belly or your chest. Take a deep breath in, normal breath in and let it go with an audible sigh. Take two more cleansing breaths, just like this, in through the nose and out through the mouth. And each round relaxing more and more into your physical body, noticing the sensations, notice what you're feeling, any emotions that are present. 
without labeling them or making them right or wrong. Just witnessing what's going on within the mind, the heart, the body. And on your next inhale, I invite you to breathe in for a count of four. Breathing in, starting with one, two, three, four. And then hold the breath at the top for four. Three, two, one. Breathe out. Four, three, two, one. Hold. Four, three, two, one. Breathe in. Four, three, two, one. Hold. Four, three, two, one. Breathe out. Four, three, two, one. Hold at the bottom. Four, three, two, one. Let's do one more together and then you'll be on your own. So breathe in. Four, three, two, one. Hold. Four, three, two, one. Breathe out. Four, three, two, one. Hold. Four, three, two, one. And continue for just three more rounds. Imagine as you're breathing that you're breathing in a square. You're drawing the square as you breathe all four sides of the square. And as you breathe each side, just breathing in for a count of four. And if you desire, you can, if you want an extra challenge, feel free to increase the count of each side. Maybe instead of four, you breathe in and hold and breathe out for five, maybe even six or seven. And notice when the mind wants to wander Think about the past or the future. Bring it back to the here and now with the breath. If you ever forget where you are, just start over from the beginning, breathing in. There's no right or wrong experience or right or way, wrong way to do this. Again and again, gently bring your mind back to the breath, to the pattern, slowing down. Continuing to relax your body as you breathe. And see if you can bring deep belly breaths into this. So as you breathe in and breathe out using your belly. So as you inhale, expand the belly, bringing the breath all the way down into the lowest part of your lungs. And as you exhale, bringing the belly button in towards the spine, using that diaphragm like Corey was talking about. Go ahead and finish the round that you're on. No rush, no hurry, completing that square. Exhaling your air and holding at the bottom. And once you've completed that, just return to a natural, normal breath pattern, whether that's in through the nose and out through the nose or out through the mouth. And just notice how you feel now 
what may have shifted in your mind and in your chest and certain areas of your body. Just in a few moments, even if it's subtle, even if it's a small shift, that you have the power to shift your state of being. And the fastest way you can do is with your breath. Remember that you have the power that you actually have more control than you think. Whenever you're ready, you can open your eyes if they're closed. That was juicy. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Wow. Um, For everyone listening, I was going along with that and it's just such a beautiful shift. And I want to ask you really quick before we wrap up here, I noticed within myself that like, it almost feels like when I meditate or when I do breath work, like light is filling up my body. Mm. Is there a physio, is there like a physiological explanation or is that more of a spiritual life energy experience? Yeah. Tell me more. Tell me more. It just feels like light, like light builds up and it grows. And sometimes it's like, like goes up through my, it just brings me into this complete bliss and it like fills does it, up. Does it come up like through your starts, head or starts in my stomach and then it goes up. Got it. And it's like, my yeah. and I just become really happy. Like I feel really happy. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, really the explanation that I would give to you is that you, you clearly have a practice mm-hmm. and this is something that you do consistently. And so when you build a, a breath practice within your life, you can create visualizations, sensations, feelings that are then engaged and triggered by that breath. So then your body knows to release those neurotransmitters, those hormones, those chemicals. Like you become your own pharmacy mm. when you learn these breathwork techniques. Mm. And so your, your description is so beautiful of like feeling like you become pure light and it sounds like it's like coming out of your head. And it's like, that's all unique to your experience but you're doing that because you have created such a consistent practice for yourself. And now your body knows what to do. Mm. And I find that with the, like, especially with breath, like no matter what the technique is, like it's always going to be the same. And there's juicy elements like Jessica's voice and her cadence. And like, that's beautiful. And like listening to audios are a lot easier than just sitting and breathing by yourself. But every time, you are firing and wiring new neurons within your nervous system. And you're literally training your brain to be that positive pharmacy that you so desire. I love that. And for people who want to make this a, a general practice and may want access to more breathwork experiences that you offer, where can somebody go to find that? Absolutely. So what you just experienced that, that guided (laughs) practice was one of so many different breath practices and they all range with different, you know, different lengths and, and different types of experiences. You can feel whether your body feels like it's filling with light, you feel more clarity, you feel more energized. There's so many different practices. So if you are looking to, you know, find a resource to get started, or you have been doing some meditation, you've been getting into journaling, you, you know of some basic breathwork techniques where you're like, I want to take my practice to a whole nother level. We have created a resource called the Breath Bundle. And this was created because we had so many people coming up to us after our breathwork workshops or our classes or our big events. And they're like, this is amazing. I feel so alive. I'm buzzing. Like, how can I do this on my own? I don't want to just have to wait until the next event. Like I want to experience this every single day. 
And so the breath bundle is a whole vault, a whole library of different guided audios with Corey and I that guide you through a lot of different techniques and, and how to do them. Uh, and then also, you know, when to do them, like everything that you need, it, it's kind of like the Holy grail of, yeah. of breath work. Anything from like five minutes all the way up to over half an hour. So is a whole range of experiences. Absolutely. Wow. And this is just a taste, but I guided you through a very simple practice. Like I said, you can do anytime, anywhere, but if you are looking for a deeper transformational and very spiritual journey, we have in the breath bundle guided audios of our, of our signature method, which is called the reset breathwork method. So this goes much deeper into the nervous system and into your subconscious for deeper healing. And so those journeys are also in the breath bundle as well. Amazing. Amazing. If you are listening and you want to grab that, we've set up a special $20 off for listeners of the Ryan Clark and mindset podcast only. So that code is they just type Ryan 20 at checkout and they'll get 20 bucks off that. Awesome. And for people who are digging what you do, or maybe been following your journey for a while and are listening to this episode and want to learn what you do, how to create the magic that you create as breathwork facilitators, where can people go to uh, discover how to use breathwork as a modality that they can bring into their coaching business or their business in general? Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, what we have is now a breathwork teacher training. And so we help guide other people to become certified breathwork facilitators, because again, another common question we were getting is like, wow, this is, this is such an incredible practice for my own healing. I feel totally transformed. And I want to go out there and impact other people's lives. I want to spread this work. And Corey and I can only impact so many people as the healing couple. And so we want to see a massive ripple you know, in, in the world of other facilitators spreading their own magic, because no one can do it the way that you can do it. Right. Mm. And so, yeah, we have our brother teacher training. The next one, we only do it twice a year. And the next one is, is this fall and it's almost full, which is really, really exciting that more and more people are feeling that call to step into whether maybe they're mm. already a healer or a coach, but they want to go even deeper with the well, transformation. And, and that too, but like we have realtors, like we have someone who is literally going to do reality deals and like do a breathwork session for the couple that she welcomes into their new home. That's like, so cool. Or yeah. individual. Yeah. Right. Or we have moms, we have teachers, we have, we have mm. a lawyer that yeah. just signed up like hardcore wow. lawyer. Yeah. So it's like, what I love about breathwork as a modality, Ryan, is that it's, it literally is so many different sizes of so many different shoes for so many different people. Like Wow. you really can apply it to everything because breath is life. And so wow. that's what we teach people. So anyone truly can become a breathwork facilitator if they want to, and if they do the work. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. I love yeah. it. I love it. And one final question before we wrap up, if you had a megaphone, I want you to answer this, you know, individually. Um, if you had a megaphone and there is a moment where the entire world was willing to hear what you had to say, and you just had one piece of wisdom to share with the world, what would you want them to hear? Yeah, I'm, get, I'm getting emotional because uh, this really means a lot to me because I've definitely been down some dark holes and want to share with people that no matter how dark things are, you get to be the light. And outside of that corny statement, one thing that I learned from another really great man, which is my grandfather who passed away many years ago, is he said, every, he, goes, he always used to tell me this, Corey, Everything in life is temporary, including your life. 
So you might as, start, as well start acting like it. And I, I will never forget him saying that. And it's such a beautiful representation of no matter what place you are in life, like this moment is temporary, whether it's like literally the most excruciating, painful, sucky, shitty moment of your life, or it's like you're on cloud nine and you're sipping Mai Tais and the Maldives. Like every little step along the way is temporary. And when you, when you cultivate, when you really step into that affirmation or statement, you get to fully take on the, the gratitude that you have for life and you get to do it all. Mm-hmm. And I told Jessica, like, hey, if I'm going to do this with you, I'm going to step away from being a doctor. Like, we're doing all of it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Thank you, mm-hmm. Jess. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting choked up as well. And uh, I think the most important thing that I want people to know is that you were divinely created and every piece of you is is so welcome here. I think we very easily want to tuck away our darkness and tuck away the things that maybe aren't so easy to love about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we don't want anyone else to see. And you are, are loved for every piece of you. Like you get to embrace every, and once you do, once you, you yourself accept the light and the dark within you, like you are free, you are free. Um, and I don't think there's any greater gift that we can give to ourselves because I truly believe that the most important relationship that we have, I know we talked quite a bit about romantic relationships and you know business relationships in this conversation, but really the most important one is the one you have with yourself. And that's the one that you get to really nourish and, and love on. And for me, the moment that I really accepted myself was the moment that, that I was free and I could really live. Wow. Thank you so much. I'm speechless. You both are a tremendous gift on the planet. Thank you for the contribution that you bring, that you've brought to everybody listening over the course of this episode and for the work that you continue to do on this planet. The world truly is a different place because both of you are here. So thank you so much for coming on the show and for for being you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much.